Everybody, it is a Saturday night. It's a Saturday night in New York. It's just about 10 o'clock, 9.59. That's close enough. You know how we do over here. I hold the clock, so that's why I say go live at 7. But I'm really live at 6.53 most times because it takes it just takes a while. It takes a while to get these things moving. You're broadcasting on so many platforms, not as many as I'd like. I have not been able to get onto CloudHub, Odyssey, and Telegram in the last couple of months because we were having broadband issues. So I have to work something out with my team, my crack team, my crackhead team, to figure out how I can, in a secondary way, offload these last three places and add more platforms to what we're doing every night and on special occasions like tonight without there having to be this burden on my end with the uh, with the broadband because there's only so much I can do even if we are having uh, Mike, how, what is our what's our upload uh, speed over here again? 500 500 up? So it's not that shouldn't be the issue that's impossible so then what is it? maybe it's just the that's OBS that's half a gig so maybe it's the OBS then could be the OBS Mike is here by the way Hey, you know what, Mike? This is the first time you've been on since Anthony, who is over there. Hey, everybody. This is the first time you've been on since Anthony released (laughs) the uh, Swimming Through Air single. Which Mike co-produced. You co-produced it. It, It's it's PD Face and Anthony Vincent. Congratulations to both of you. It's a great track. Thank you. I got to thank Anthony more because Anthony just knows how to work with my mind. Well, Mike, what did you, how did that start out? Because you usually come up with like a, a, a few. I'll do like maybe like a four or five bar like loop, and then Anthony will take what I have and actually create it into a song, and then he'll add his vocals and master it. And Yeah, Mike has a, a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of songs that are just the same thing over and over again, and uh, like he'll create, that's what he'll do. He'll create a, a bunch of, hold on, i got to get this mic. Um, well, how many? How many of you guys have in the uh, in the in the feeder? 
Sessions. Oh, like there's there's like 20 sessions, yeah. maybe more, a lot more. If you want to count, like you you want to go way back to the, some of the unused stuff that you you just you have so much, so many tracks that you've done like that, where you just layer yeah, a just, bunch of stuff. What Mike does is he he'll, he'll layer a bunch of things, and uh, like it's like a big wall of sound, and then I can take it, I can take and subtract things, and then I'll go and and I'll arrange things differently i'll take that four that four four bars and i'll arrange the whole song you know that. you know what i really yeah. love doing one time and it was a you know how i do my my sunday my sunday streams just for the patrons and stuff well on one sunday stream when i was downstairs so it was during winter time when it was you know i can sit down there and be comfortable um i was in the basement and i brought everybody through the demos the demos and just the, the the rough tracks that you, me, Derek, and Tom were sharing with each other for Suffocate the Dream. And I showed everybody through all of the, the demos that I have archived how how the song comes together and and you know, just the vocal changes, the arrangement. It's it's the awesome. first the first Suffocate the Dream, like I don't know if you if you have that. That's like the, the very first one I did was a completely different key. It was more of like a it was more like a, a, a Pink Floyd meets um, the Beatles and and like uh, and and like classic rock uh, or no no like like uh, rock opera type sound you know mm. dream theater and then I decided to because of like I don't know I just I, I did a reimagining of it and then did that version but it was more electronic no I loved it I, I loved but doing the, it the funny thing is though it probably is better. Well, I, you know, the the first version's probably better, I think. Now that I think about it, I mean, I like I like what it turned into, but the, what it turned into now is more interesting sounding because it's like a little bit more unique sounding and not like a rip off of something of the past. But I kind of if I go back and listen to to what it was, is one night we should we should lay out something like that. We should just take we should take a song that's been finished and and show progressions. And how things change. Um, I also have the because we just did that show on Thursday night. I have some timestamps from the practice track that Anthony made for me, Derek, and Tom, so that we can practice on our own. And Anthony's vocals are there. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. don't play all of it. No, no, no. no not, <laughs> I, I'm not playing don't that one. Oh God. I'm not playing that one. Uh, you know. But here's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I, I hope that one day we can have that kind of rapport with an audience where. We can we can just abuse them and they know it's a joke because that that careless. You just have to. You know what the fun, You know what I'm, real, I'm I'm realizing is that you just have to do it. All you have to do is do it because people will know. It's in the delivery. People will know that you're you're not serious. Okay. Well then let, let me hear. Hold on. Wait a second. Unless you're like really socially awkward, it just comes off as serious. Like oh this guy's you know this maybe. guy's an asshole. Here look. <laughs> here here's from this is when I I love when you call the imaginary audience freaks. Here, listen to this one. This is right before. This is around 7 minutes, 45 seconds. Okay. This next song is a fucking doozy. Uh, the, uh, better, better not. You fucking lo losers okay. out in the audience. You wish <laughs> you could sing this, but you what? can't. Of course you can. Of course. It's not even fucking fair, you fucking... Call the audience freaks. <laughs> 
Uh, the, my, my favorite ones, and I'll play them a little bit later. Cause we're you know back. why I did this? Because I wanted to prepare for the show. So what I did was I spent like a couple of hours going through all of our sessions, and I bounced down instrumentals, and I lined up all the tracks, all the tracks to, to just do that practice, like for myself. So I figured might as well record it and send it to you guys so that you can do the same. But shit, shit I don't know. I don't, like you know, it was good. I guess it's good that we prepared like that. But well, he, here's another one because then, then I gotta introduce who our guest for the first half is going to be. This is around three thirteen forty four. Here's where Anthony does. This is a this is a classic Mike line. Back in the day when Mike was Mike, all of his DJ DJ names, DJ Mikey Boombots, DJ Mike Nice, DJ Creamy Cannoli, whatever the hell it was. Um, We'll talk, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but this one line, I'll just tease this, and then later on, you listen to this. This next one is cool. This is for all you fucking losers out there, you freaks. <laughs> Wait. Really Tell us how you, you really feel. Wait, listen. Hold on, listen. We do this for us. We do this for us. <laughs> I love the re- reminding people. Hey, we do this for us. Okay, for us. I said that like 15 times throughout the whole thing. <laughs> we do this for us. I think I might have said that though at at the show. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, actually, no, you did. Yeah. I did, but of course, yeah. you know, it was, it, it was a weird show. So like, it, you know, it took me, it took me like three, three songs to get. I, I'm telling you, man, the first, the first two, so, uh, the first two songs, I was out out of it on Thursday night first like three songs I was, out, I was like I was like oh god I want to go home <laughs> no, I thought you guys did great from start to finish uh, you know what it was um, a great show I, I actually said to myself in my head while I was singing I said I said good thing you prepared for this because if you did not prepare I said if you didn't practice for this this would have been an embarrassment on, on my part well well th- <laughs> thankfully everything turned around and that's why you need that's why you need to practice kids you have to practice real hard. Go, so to, go to school. Go to school, <laughs> go to school kids. kids. Uh, I remember that. No, you're referencing when I went to when I was at our friend Chris's house when I was a kid. I went to um, uh, one time. I was at uh, one of my friends' house. Uh, well, uh, up the street, and uh, and we were there. Me and a, and a couple of friends from school. And he had a plumber there after school that was working on the the, the plumbing or something like that. <laughs> He was struggling, <laughs> and he was struggling, and he was like, and he, I guess he was just really having a bad day. And he said to us, he, he's like, he goes, oh, go to school, kids, go to school, <laughs> don't end up like me, no, no, no. And it's funny because that used to be the resounding theme a lot of people. But you know, uh, it, little did he know that even going to school, like you know, that doesn't guarantee a, a, a lavish life. Yeah, and sometimes school is a, <laughs> sometimes school does the opposite for a person. You know, they really, well, anyway, we have so much of this stuff to talk about later on. I have some funny things to do. It's 10 away in about in a few minutes. You know, we'll, we'll fill the time up a little bit more. We, our guest has not arrived yet, but, um, a, uh, a few people in the audience said, Hey Frank, this is a couple of months ago. You should really look into getting this girl, this woman, um, human vibration. That's her name on the show. She talks a lot, a lot about you know the illusion the the movie that we are always were watching the movie that is projected by the media and this and that and real life and 
and uh, and the joys of real life and have it had a had a dis- but you know here's the thing though that's what I learned what she was she's pretty pretty much commits all of her work to online and her presence online that that's grown pretty pretty nicely but the one thing that every that whoever in my uh, in my audience a couple of people told me to get in touch with her about was she says she lays it all out there that the the color pink doesn't exist which i just i don't get that's just it's just red and and white it's just a a softening of the the color red so i don't um i can't wait to hear about this but then we could just talk about things at large and um she's on for the first half hour segment here and then we'll we'll all take your calls i have i have the i have the recurring dream repository we can see what some people's recurring dreams are. We'll take some calls. Um, I have this amazing story. This amazing story from Mickey Mantle. Okay. Uh, so this, this <laughs> we could talk about the difference between reoccurring and recurring. Reoccurring. Got, yeah, you know, on, I actually on our track, the Silent Knife song, I had somebody in the, somebody's feedback was, God, I hate when people say reoccurring when they meant recurring. And I'm like, uh, I meant reoccurring, you fucking idiot. <laughs> because it's not a dream that I have all the time. It's a dream that's every once in a while. That's a reoccurring dream. Right. And recur- <laughs> re- recurring, recurring is, is like is a dream that you have all the time. Okay. It's like the same thing over and over again. People can never just sit back and yeah, enjoy right, right, right. God yeah, that, that, that's what I, I love. I love that. I love feedback like that. You ignore the music. You ignore the production, you ignore the work, and you want to comment on some kind of grammatical thing. That pisses me off, you fucking loser. (laughs) (laughs) You can't teach her. I'm sorry, but like, you know. Anthony does this for him, okay? I do this for me, (laughs) all right? We do this for us, not you. You know, this is just like Zadal's in New York back in the day, guys. It's like, every, it's like everyone's everyone's a goddamn teacher now. You know, for from two thousand from two thousand six until two thousand fifteen, it was we three on Tuesday and Thursday nights yeah. for forever, for many many hours at a time. Tuesday and Thursday nights. We spoke about a lot of things worse than this. No, we spoke about a lot of things. <laughs> no, I know. We've said a lot of things that cannot be whispered in the dark. Can't even be I seen. To- I, I actually said that I was on I was on my buddy Mike's uh, podcast, and I said that. There were things that we said, because we were talking about Metallica getting canceled, and I said there were things that we said, I told him about our show, that I remember when I went viral, we had spent an entire night unlisting and deleting Every, things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, oh, shit. Because I had the foresight, I had the foresight of like, all right, we got to, we got to, yeah, and it wasn't even, and I also mentioned it wasn't even that bad. It was like, you know, shock, jock, stupid shit. Yeah. But, but it's, it, it, it's not even, it wasn't even that, too. It was just... Yeah, some of it was bad, but yeah, some of it was really bad. But the I other, mean, but, the, yeah. but, but the, but the other thing is like, it's just who's the receiver, right? Who's the receiver? What mentality are they, mm. are they in? And uh, you know how how um, how how horrible are is their life going at the time being that they're going? Oh no, we have to ruin this person's life. Right. I don't. Want... So I mean, we we took great precaution, and we just pretty much. The world was different back then. Everything the world was, was a lot different. Everything was accepted back then. Now nowadays, nothing's accepted. <laughs> yeah, everything was. It was a very. Loose, <laughs> it was a very loose accepting yeah. place. We were. We were in an accepting time. 2006, 2015. You can do things. All right. Well, anyway, we're gonna. 
We're going to bring on Human Vibration, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to talk to her about one thing or another, and we're going to have a good time. And if you don't feel like having a good time, just we do this for us. You can <laughs> you can just go home. <laughs> Listen, if you're offended, I mean, you don't have to stay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yes, yeah. But like I said, in the second half, we have so much great stuff happening, and I can't wait to talk to her. Here she is, HV. Are you there? Here I am. Oh, man. You know, I got to say, life is a crazy thing, and I'm so happy that we have finally worked this out. I, I apologize for the two cancellations, by the way, but here we are, and I hope it's the first of many. Life comes fast. I, I totally understand. This happens all the time. We're, we're all doing this on the fly, and sometimes life just happens, so it's, it's cool. I'm glad we are connecting. A lot of people have said that they wanted uh, you and I to connect, so I'm glad we're finally doing it. Yeah, so, and you, you know... You've built a great presence online. I love your, your your presence online because everybody's very positive, and of course, uh, you're not you're not afraid to jump down one rabbit hole or the other. And as I said in the little bio that I put out for you, it's really just you spend a lot of time separating the fiction that we are all you know that is projected onto us constantly to try to steer our experience and uh, and and to try to bring in that joy of existence a little bit more as a uh, as a central point. So I can. I can appreciate that, and uh, and I uh, I hope you're having a good night. Having a great night, and thank you for that introduction. I really do believe that what we're doing here it's it can be heavy. It can be heavy. The things, the topics that I like to sink my teeth into, and the the locked doors, the seemingly locked doors that I like to you know <laughs> check and jiggle the handle on and see what's behind and why they're locked and. I think that all of this can be done with a levity, with with um, a joyful approach, with a curiosity, with a childlike curiosity. When we look at everything fresh, and I don't know, I think that there, I think that there is something that is we are really programmed over a lifetime to not see, to to become blinded by. I mean, the programming is very strong, and I like to say it's cradle to grave, and they work on us over a lifetime on our indoctrination, our education. The programming is far deep and wide, and it's good. It's really, really, really good. And I think that as an adult, sometimes it's hard to like ask the questions. We just don't have the right questions. We don't have the right framework of looking at, at, um, at anything, at, at life, at ourselves, at well, what, our path, what, at our choices, at our journey. Let's start there. What, what, what's mm -hmm. the one question? Uh, if you can if you can single out one right now off the top of your head what what's the one question you wish people the average person asked more who's driving the car okay like, are you in the driver's seat of your own life or are you along for some sort of ride that you've never thought to question ever and you wake up one day and you realize like wow i, I how did i get here i feel like sometimes we just go through the motions of what's accepted through society. And like some things, I didn't choose to go to school, preschool, kindergarten through 12th, you know, I didn't choose any of that. And we have to do that. There's certain things in life that we act, we all share these experiences, these mass indoctrination experiences. And, and it just shuffles us along for the ride. And at a certain point in life, we're told if we get this measurement, we'll be happy. If we could do this measurement, we'll be happy. If we do this measurement, we'll be happy. And sometimes, if you're lucky, quote unquote, you do all those things and then you get there and you're like, is this, what am I, well, I'm not happy, what's going on, you know, is this even my life? And I feel like, I feel like sometimes, it, I mean, it takes a lifetime really to be in it and then 
at a certain point, you've lived long enough and you have enough hindsight, I guess, 2020, hindsight's 2020, like they said. I think 2020 was the year of awakening, 2020 being clear vision, so it's kind of interesting. Was that, yeah. was that, was that your moment? What, what, how would you define your... for me, yeah. That's when I woke up. What was it? What was it in um, particular that slapped you in the face? A cold water, bucket of cold water. What was your bucket of cold water, <laughs> HV? John Bonet Ramsey. She was the first. This was before. This was right before Corona hit. So Corona, I woke. Okay, let me just say top level. I came to the realization in January of 2020 that we are being fundamentally, systematically lied to across the board across the board but the watershed moment for me was kind of my favorite conspiracy john benny ramsey i really thought that after all these years we could solve it that we could get to the bottom of her case and her case was like wildly grotesquely phenomenally enticing all the details are just wild 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 and you can really go down it and it even like connects to epstein and Ghislaine maxwell and all this stuff and so it's like and it's prime for today. It's even back in the news right now with this DNA testing, and it just won't quit. It just will not quit. And I always thought, like, we could get to the bottom of this. But then something snapped. <laughs> for you know, I, I like to say that Chambonet Ramsey murdered me in 2020 because something happened to me in in this looking at this case where I realized that she was not real. She was not a real victim. It was a simulated case, and all the details were wildly, fantastically scripted simulated too good to be true like fictionally fictionally it just such a shine like a shell is really really shiny and exquisite on the outside but on the inside it's just hollow but the exquisite exterior kind of hides the hollowness um within and that's kind of a metaphor for how the case began to appear for me anyway so that case that one that i've been fascinated with for so long and then realized it was hollow I started looking everywhere and I was like, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. And Epstein kind of fell apart in my mind. And then Corona happened very soon after that. And I was like, what? They're, maybe they're lying to us about this? Like, and it really helped me not get super caught up in a lot of what the world was going through. I was able to be like, maybe there's another way to look at all of this stuff. Maybe, you know, I know everybody around me is scared to, de to death, especially in early 2020 when we thought people were, we saw the videos of people dying in the streets from China, you know, those people just yeah, vomiting I, blood. Yeah, and the, dying the, the, the CCTV, yeah, for sure. I, I, no, and it's I, just, and that I, was early, you know, that was 2020, we were getting those videos and we were like, ah, oh, Corona, because we thought it was this deadly global virus coming to get us. Who knows what it was, but what it wasn't was that. It wasn't what we were initially told. It was, you know, anyway. Well, I understand that part, HV, but I, I do have to, and, and of course, your, your, work, your work and your, um, your hypothesizing and all that is, is something that is, is yours to, uh, to own and publish however you'd like. But I do know, I, in fact, this, this show in particular, very close to two pretty grizzled private investigators that that worked on that case very very um very intimately and it is a much i mean she, I, I i can i have to tell you i uh she's real that that one thing i didn't think we were going to talk about this but that is a very very real thing and i um I, we would need hours to talk about this and i wouldn't be the person i'd have to bring somebody else on and i don't know well, lots of people worked on this case lots uh, of people write about it lots of people worked on it lots of police i'm not saying any of that was unreal that was very real well it was more but so the whole thing was theater well it was more so about 
the, the fact that once again we have a situation where an entire town an entire uh, you're talking about everything from the police a to very sleepy town at the time Boulder Colorado all very, involved a micro a very micro at that time at that time in 1996 it was a very very bedroom community very uh, tech heavy tech focused it was a sleepy town they'd never actually kind of like in the Twin Peaks show they'd never had a murder you know this was something that um, the Boulder police, which is kind of like the Keystone cop, they've just fucked everything up. They arrived to a scene that they were in completely um, <laughs> unprepared for, and they were just as witness to a theater as we were. Well, and I believe that the whole thing unfolded. Um, everyone believed that they were trying to solve, get to the bottom of the crime, but I think at the at the everyone was duped, and well, I think. Anyway, oh, I, I would love to go into that with, a, with a real investigator. I, I hell yeah, I, 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 I can. Hours I can. and hours and hours and hours listening to all Lou Smith. You know, he's he's the the notable key key. Uh, he's he. They brought him in to try to crack it over the years and kept coming him back. You know, he's one of the main. Listen to hours and hours of him. I used to be fascinated. I used to be on the other side where I really believed that the dad did it. Or the brother did it, you know, or the older brother did it. I, I can link really, you. Really, really, really. Did it. Anyway. I can, if you, if you were really yeah. interested in, in continuing on uh, with with that and and um, and considering no, different no, no. things. No, no, We can. We can uh, oh, I can. I can link. Yeah. I, I can just say I can link you up with people. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, that, that that's something I'm not even prepared to jump into right now. We're definitely on different sides of the universe on that one. But, but I I, I am curious as to how that affected your. Your thought about how the old Epstein thing fell apart. Now I know that the uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of projecting. I think he's a fictional person. I think I. You don't think I've, that he's a real I've person? I mean, this is something that I go deep. I go deep in in <laughs> I go deep hard in the paint on. Um, yeah, and I I I, I believe every, in every visual proof I've ever been shown of Jeffrey Epstein looks like a CGI amalgamation of a human. It doesn't look like a real person. So he, ne- he, Jeffrey Epstein never existed. Correct. I believe Jeffrey Epstein's a completely fictional character. Wow. And I believe that all of the legal entities that are relating to Jeffrey Epstein, it's just a byproduct of a very normal process within our legal system to create these legal entities that are not actually living, breathing people, but they have all the benefits and rights and can enter into any sort of social contract or business contract or f- fiduciary contract of any sort that a human being, a natural born person, uh, anyway, like a, 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 an entity operating as Jeffrey Epstein um, can absolutely exist on paper, just like a shell company can exist and appear again to the use of the shell metaphor. A shell company we know exists robustly visually you know they look on paper my gosh look at all these business dealings that this company is doing and then the the, the, the contractors and the whole thing it looks very real but we know at the at the at the kernel is nothing that's like what we know that that's what it is like that's a whole ultimate purpose of a shell company is to like set up these facades to hide something else, like a like an empty kernel beneath, and I believe, uh, I mean, it's not just my belief, but the legal system actually, this is very common practice for uh, an, an like a, an, something what we understand is like a legal person's name, um, t- to be operated by, like a, a another party or a corporation or, 
all sorts of things. Yeah. So well, well I mean, I that, that thing that that that's another one right there because uh, I mean, a shell company keeps a buffer between criminals and the crime, but he. Mm-hmm. He, um, whether you say he's CGI or not, his existence and his... Uh, Which his, is so mysterious, you uh, know, it, how he it, came it, out of nowhere. It, it, there was no buffer, though. He, he ex- it exposed yeah. the practice of industrialized blackmail to, of, by a global intelligence community. But, I mean, really what's happened? Nothing. Like, zero. Well, Still, I, then, then, zero. Then Nothing's get- happened. Nothing. Z- nothing has happened. Oh, well, nothing has happened in... in like, in consequence, in true consequence. In true con- and they say the- Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Correct, because it didn't exist. Well, I mean, here's the thing: when you say nothing has happened in consequence, then we're coming, then we're coming down to a, con- then we're coming down to a new and where's topic. Where's Ghislaine Maxwell? Where's her mugshot? She's oh, been in jail for how many? Oh, hey, I have my own Ghislaine, Ghislaine, Ghislaine. And none of her pictures look real either. I have look, my own I theories mean, about this her. Makes sense. This this actually makes sense because <laughs> when I first saw Shrek, I was like, "There's no way this is real." <laughs> no, it's a, either there's something wrong. There's something cartoonish yeah, like, about there's this. Something Shrek like thing. I was like, you know what? But this Shrek is not real. But I but here but but HV. Here's my thing. <laughs> sure. when, when you talk about when you talk about someone like Jeffrey Epstein not being real altogether and a managed existence and being insulated. By a bigger, uh, bigger uh, machine, I, that comes down to the old, um, the old alien trope of disclosure versus confirmation. I mean, there's so many ways that we can confirm a, a, a certain reality of the world, a certain reality of government and world power hierarchies without getting disclosure from the criminals themselves. Why would they ever tell us the truth? Of course, there's not going to be any punishment. Any, any. Of course, they're going to act with impunity if they own the system. So disclosure and confirmation are two different things. I think if you don't get... I, I, I wouldn't say that the lack of disclosure from the power brokers is going to be equal with it never existed or they never ex- or the the person in question never existed and their their role as a cog in the system wasn't real hmm you bring up a great point with disclosure you know like uh, and, and censorship and the alien conversation is something com- uh, it, it's it's a great i don't know how i really stand on space i actually don't really believe in outer spaces we've been taught and told but You're flat earther uh, I don't think I don't think that our realm or that shape actually matters. I think that the shape, the the game board that we're on, can be rendered to whatever physics it's fed, to whatever applied physics, literally. And I think that this is more of an energetic realm. I think we're energetic beings in an energetic realm. We're experiencing this reality in a way that only we can, with only through our very specific sensory experiencing bodies and these haptic suits that we call, you know, I think that we're like really advanced machinery as uh, as hmm. our human experience. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, I, I, hey, at this at this point in the game, uh, I uh, I'm willing to entertain any uh, anything at all. So I'm I'm hearing it. I don't know how far I can go with you we down that. We are ra- the most magnificent things. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Like. For sure. Holy, uh, Whoa! You know, it's it's pretty cool. A lighter. How do we, cool. How do we know that you're real? Yeah, who are you? Who, who are you? Where, who who made you, you HV? Tell us a little bit about your backstory. Just kidding. <laughs> where did, where did you come from? Um, uh, I'm just a very curious person. I'm just a very curious person who woke up in 2020, and I've lived a pretty normal, not really, I'm pretty, you know, like I've I've lived a questioning. I've been a very curious person, but. You know, before I woke up, I was really, really, really into politics, and I actually got really into the Q stuff, and speaking of Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein, like, I was really, really dark down into the rabbit holes of 
all of that, it, you know, and that was like 2017 to 2019. So I was, I was very into the, and I, the Podesta emails and looking through all these things. There was so much for the public. If you were like a curious person and a little bit savvy, you could really delve deep into this murky, murky world that was available to us through these official channels, you know, through these WikiLeaks and, you know, trusted resources and stuff. And you could really get down and deep into it. And so I was really into that stuff, I would say, and then 2019, and then January of 2020, it just, something about it, just the whole, the, the flip, the script, you just, it, it just got flipped in my brain. And once I realized that the John Bonet case, which was such a sleepy old case, I mean, it's still in the news today. So obviously there's some reason it's, I say it's, it's unsolved because it's designed to be unsolvable. It's unsolvable. It's designed that way. I, okay. Well, and and again, in my and that, that's I think that comes down to me for between disclosure and confirmation. Uh, Same with the Maddie McCann case. Same with Maddie McCann. But yeah, with the d- disclosure. But I think like with like I'm sorry. I love that you brought it back to that because your point is so excellent. But it also brings up false censor- censorship where people speak on a on a matter that's designed to trip everybody up. That's just, that's inherently false. And so no matter what stance you take on it, you could be censored. And because you're censored, even though it's false, you don't realize it's false. Because you're censored, you believe it's the truth. You believe you're being... So it's like flatter, you know, something like if you censor flat earthers, it's... I mean, ultimately, I think that our realm, like any sort of shape argument is... It's unknowable for a reason. It's unknowable for a reason. And I think any sort of shape argument is we're missing, we're missing a bigger point you know, but I think that censorship of whole swaths of belief really make those people who get censored believe even deep, more deeply in what they believe in. Because they've been censored, they believe they're like onto the truth. You know, why wouldn't? Why, why else would they censor it? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also sometimes it, that might be a trap. It, yeah, it, it could also work in reverse too, where um, where you have so, you can have so much confirmation that things have been uh, perpetrated false flags to start uh, major global conflicts, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, every major depression has either been caused by rumors and uh, and sustained by central banking practices and all that stuff right. to the point where you start right. thinking, well, everything, everything must be everything must be a lie and in that respect that puts you into another corner where uh well how do you how do you know something that is is real when when you see it if you have to your default position has to be that everything is is not real i love that you brought that up because this world it it can be real and unreal and like, like you said we we do operate within these systems these systems may be inherently false like our fi- financial system, our monetary system, if you really think about how money works, like it's kind of inherently false, but it's still real. You know, if I don't pay my rent, I'm really getting kicked out. You yeah. know, like the, there's real consequences and, and, and money has real, even though it's con- conceptual, even though it's all in agreement, like it has real power. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that understanding, understanding that, that all of our systems that are we're told taught and told are very important and legitimate um and real and true maybe in a way are 
are, are not, are none of those things, even though they appear to be. Even, I mean, you know, we're, we're rethinking, call it, the institutions. I'm talking about, you know, even medical, you, everything, all, all the pillars, all the all of our pillars of society, religion, you know, people are questioning in ways they've, they've never questioned before. All these, these, these pillars that we think that are so sacred and so solid, we're at a weird time in society, yeah. at this point in this loop that we might be on, that we're, um, we're realizing that they are both significant, the real is insignificant, but unreal in the sense that they are fabricated it's yeah. it's it's all based on i think a fabric of a, a, an inherent f- deception of some sort right i think we're not really supposed to understand how this how we were or what we are or how this place really works so i think we're given a lot of these very from from birth i think that we're introduced quite a few little distractions um, yeah, just just distractions and deceptions. Well, let's just, let's talk about one deception. Uh, yeah. One deception that you uh, talk about with your with your following. This is the reason why I was told by one or two members of my audience that I had to initially get in touch with you. They said, Frank, you know this um, this uh, this account, Human Vibration. You should really reach out to her and have HV on because she um, she made this really interesting point. Or, or put out a really interesting theory that the color pink is not real. I said, well, wait a second. How does pink not exist? I've made pink with uh, you know, a palette of, of paints before. I saw red turn to a light, beautiful, light, uh, I don't know, satisfying pinkish hue with uh, the addition of a little bit of white. So could mm-hmm. you can you talk to us about that? That's a little bit more of a lighter topic we can start with. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. It's Tell light. me that. It, it, it truly is a lighter topic because color is light. You cannot, without, without light, there is no color. Mm. Just like in the dark, you can't see what color anything is. Like uh, our comprehension, our entire comprehension of color is light. There's no way to decouple the two. And I love that you brought up the paint because pigmentation in our physical world like pigments work different than light than than how light operates when you mix two beams of light if you mix if you mix a red beam of light and a green beam of light together they make yellow but if you do that with paint it makes like a muddy brown it 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 yeah, just it's, like, it, it sounds, it the sounds disgusting. It just, sounds disgusting. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's not an appealing color. Like it makes like a just a gross a gross grayish brown. Well, what color. makes well? But light operates differently than our paint our our paint pigments, and so much of what we experience through this world is. I mean, really everything is what we're taking in through light-based information through our eyes and using our eyes as the way in. Essentially, everything we learn really everything we comprehend and take in you know it's all it's all coming through our eyes and our eyes operate on a three color system our our eyes operate on the same three color system that all of our screens are built on it's all red greens and blues we may comprehend a whole range of this you know the roy g bib we've all heard of it like red uh or red orange yellow green blue indigo violet and so we can kind of picture all those like laid out together and but that's like a flat line you know like a straight line when we think about the visible light spectrum. Mm-hmm. But also when we think about color, 
we understand it to be like a wheel, you know, especially in art, we're taught it's a wheel. But in order to get that flat line visible light spectrum, which is just a, a, a line, um, to get that to be represented in 3D space, it's got to wrap around itself and there's got to be almost like a magic like a like an octave change you know when when you go from we start at the bottom and end up back at the bottom you know but some somehow progress but end up back at the same because if you were to wrap it around it just starts all, all over again mm-hmm. but the middle space that's created when you wrap that around there's like this almost you know just like because you think about it's wrapping the two ends of the spectrum polar opposites magnets when you do magnets together polar opposites we know that that creates an energetic field okay so you're t- you're to applying that same comprehension to the visible light spectrum wrapping that around when you do that when you take the polar opposites you create there's this magnetic po- field and within that field is a new frequency created called magenta called pink and that's what we understand as hot pink that fuchsia that magenta color we're all very familiar with it um it goes one of the, the a lot of the famous pictures of john benet she's wearing magenta this all kind of connects in my mind i yeah it of course it does but um i i think that there is something very powerful and um mag- for lack of a better term magnetic about magenta it really is created by polar opposite powers and mm. that's what magnets are and it kind of has magnet in the name um uh, you know anyway magenta gotcha um, and that's what we understand and, and that is this the very center point of the mixing of those of those two frequencies that, okay um, i see, see this this is where i this is where i guess i i was a little bit more um i didn't understand be, sorry. Uh, yeah i didn't yeah. understand that because we, m- m- yeah. most people you're talking from a uh, standpoint of light, which I, I don't know. I've never tried to mix color through um, through any kind of light frequency. I've only been able to mix color with with physical paints. So that's I, how holograms are made by those by beams of light. Three beams okay. of light: red, green, and blue. So which colors exist then? It's just just primary colors, or just Roy G. Biv. That's you know it. what's so interesting because it's really just what our what our eyes can can comprehend and and, and color blindness. We really have just three switches: red, green, and blue. And color blindness within the human eye—it's just a series. If you look down a chart, certain color blindnesses have a di- have a switch on green that's abnormal, or a switch on blue. Anthony's that's Anthony's colorblind. I am actually. Anthony's colorblind. Got- what, what do you have trouble? Reckon, what, what are you told that you have trouble? I don't know. I was stubborn when they told me I was colorblind. I, I <laughs> yelled like, no, at the not doctor. Me, not me. I yelled they at the doctor when I was seven years women. old. She said I was colorblind. I'm not colorblind. I could see colors. I didn't understand because she gave me these tests of like, you know, tell me what number you see in this. I'm like, there is no number in this day. Right. Thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Usually you, you know have what difficulty mean? pulling out the number. But also with colorblindness, a good portion of colorblindness restricts your ability to see magenta, like this magical color, this color that we, it actually kind of hijacks how our, our eyes receive light and the sensitivity and how we're comprehending and bringing in light. And there's and there's something because they're the two it's two frequencies that are opposition to each other and uh, it's red and blue light shine, and magenta is specifically like this magic of the blending of the uh, opposing forces and there's something that happens with that that i think is truly powerful with our eyes and we see this color in important you know jackie's outfit on the J, the day the jfk was assassinated in dallas and she's wearing this hot pink suit it was such a specific color choice. It's it's kind of seared into the memory. There's something that happens when that color is introduced. It's 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 um 
it's memorable. It, it almost like imprints on your on your consciousness. It's a, it's a powerful color. Did you know that 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 the ancient people did not? Uh, well, it's not that they couldn't see the color blue, but they didn't they didn't know how to describe it. So for a long time, there was no way to actually describe. Or, or there's very little there's very little ancient um, record of people making note of things that were a blue color e- even when it came to some like the the grottos that are that usually glow that bluish teal color they uh they would describe them as other things i i read that one i have to find it during the yeah. break um yeah, but you know and, and this is now I, I, I think for our first few weeks of life we can't see color at all yeah we're like dogs Right. I think we see black and white. But I love what you said, too, about back then. And and also, I kind of think the world wasn't as colorful in many ways. As far as human introduction of color, and, and I think the, 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 the neutral tones of the earth, you know, which actually, you know, in some areas can be quite brilliant with these greens and these, you know, and, and pink, this magical color actually is in real life. There's plants that are fuchsia. There's... We can register these, but it's it's something that's happening. Color is in our our minds more so. It's it's really just how we as human beings are built to express these these experiences with color. Because a dog's not going to see that magenta thing. It just it's just not equipped for that. Mm. Many humans don't mm. see that magenta thing because they have a certain amount of color blindness that restricts them from seeing that. Right. It depends mm. on the person. From, and the thing. Yeah, and there's lots of different types of color blindness. Some people can't see yellows, you know, and so they have a hard time. Just some people really have a hard time driving because when it goes from red to you know green to yellow, like they they have a hard time differentiating between what's what. Yeah, know? that's a problem. That's a that's a big problem right there. Red means green. Red means green to some people. <laughs> I I, I uh, right? especially and if you're a little especially sleepy in this town. or you know whatever, just <laughs> distracted. You see a green, green means go. You know, and if you have color blindness, that's a <laughs> that's not that's not great. Yeah, I, I actually think that that people. Uh, I think that the perception of color is actually cultural. At some po- some points mm. in this town right now. Um, you know, we have a lot of foreigners that are in this town, and uh, and uh, none of them like to stop at red. So I. I think that maybe it just might be a cultural difference. Anywho, there's a lot of all I, I know is there's a totally a, different conversation. That's a totally driving. different conversation. The only thing I know is there's a lot of different colors in this room. Well, if this uh, well were, were as the an future. admitted bad driver, I would I'd say poor driving choices can be made from no matter what color you what color. Every everybody can be a bad driver. Do you I'm think an equal opportunist bad driver? Okay, so you don't think that bad driving is just something that's inherently female then? Well, I've known good female drivers. Me too. My my mother was a good driver. Yeah, I'm at, same. at least at my one point. She is. She <laughs> is. Is and was. And she's also a little aggressive on the road. I mean, she's no Daisy. Like she'll get a she'll she'll get in there. But I'm, I'm a horrific driver. I'm too slow. I'm 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 like I'm drive like I'm an 80 year old woman with cataracts surgery scheduled for tomorrow. You know, like it's I'm I'm really bad. I I you just have to get cataract surgery tomorrow. No, but I drive like I'm. Oh, well, at least I you're caught. Like I can't see. You you're know, cautious. I drive like you're I, healed. I, I drive like 50 miles an hour in the right lane when it's 70, but just because I I don't like going very fast, and I drive and I'm like scared of driving. I'm the I'm the worst worst equipped driver on the road because I hate it, and. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like cautious, <laughs> being cautious ain't, ain't bad. I, I, I've, I've had friends that that have uh, ribbed on me for driving very, uh, very like a grandmother or something like that. But it's only when I have them in the car. Well, like when I have people, especially when I have people in the car, 
when I have passengers in the car, I I fight I fight the um, the the dangerous nature of my being all the time because I feel responsibility for other souls in the cabin with me. So they don't they don't see the um, the, the the crazy daredevil. Um, <laughs> though though I have thankfully I have survived those. I have survived those years as well, but you know, cautious ain't bad. Let me ask you this, um, HV, because I said we're going to do a short segment tonight, just because I wanted to make up for the the these these terrible scheduling snafus. And I don't love worry about it. I love love. I appreciate to, that though. No, always I, come up with these new words, Frank. Snafus. Snafu. Snafu. It's a good word. Snafu. Yeah, and I'd love to have you back, especially when we do these nice chill hookah nights. But let me ask you this, because I want to end on on an even brighter note, and I want to ask you, what are your predictions for the next three? years for humanity um, uh, that we I have a lot of astrologers that are on a lot of astro- uh, a lot of people that come in to talk about what the stars and what the alignments are are, are setting up for us in the next few years uh, then then there are people who don't pay attention to that at all and they, they just look at the machinations of human government great re- great resetters and of course the, the 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 malignant mindset that's behind that so there's a lot of different things stacked against us it could be cosmic and it could be very earthbound but yeah. either way, it looks like that we're entering into a time of flux. Where do you see us in three years? That's the last question I have for you tonight. Well, I like how you positioned it as a time of flux because I agree wholeheartedly. We are in a transitional period. And I kind of like to think of humanity as like a loop mode. You know, I don't think that history goes back that far. I think that we kind of showed up here Westworld style in the 1800s, kind of Wild West time. and. This was, and maybe each generation, maybe there's like different versions of this, but this was this was ours, and I think that we are kind of, if you think about infinity as a as a figure eight, we're, I think we're kind of like at that center node where maybe we could get off the ride, and I think that when we talk about an idea of a great awareness or a great awakening or waking up or woke or whatever, you know, with the language that we're using right now, I think it represents this point where things. Are, things are I think things are different I think that more and more people are are aware that they have more autonomy over their lives in ways that they've never been given the opportunity to even think about and maybe all the things that they've been told to do to be successful and happy maybe aren't as important and all the things to, to strive for maybe aren't you can there's other ways to go about it they're simpler that are easy you know but easy mm. to, to, anyway I think that I think that more people will, will start to take paths that are meaningful to them and that's that like that's that's a byproduct i think of awareness and awakening and from what i experience is i realize how much more influence i have in my own life and how all of my decisions everything it's like being in a video game every single decision is a point up or a point down in the game every thought every move every behavior every Word everything, you know, and I think that we sh- should be mindful of that. Mindfulness, everyone's mindfulness, mindfulness, but that's, you know, mindfulness is important, but I think that that's more what it's about. It's yeah. about like everything, not just like meditating for five minutes a day. It's about being really aware of everything you bring to the table. Because we're so mindless throughout the world, the day, like even small talk, even chat, small chat, I think is kind of a soul killing exercise. Anyway, okay, all that said, I think more people are waking up to the fact that we are just like giving so much of our energy and, and maybe doing things that don't fulfill us. And 2020 was huge for that. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a continuation, a, an advancement, a progression of this exact thing that started in 2020, people becoming more aware of what was important to them. 
and now that things are opening up, I think we're going to see a push in. Some people are going to push into that new world. You know, some people are going to push into. Some people have created a, yeah. a, a new world for themselves. So I, I, I'm I think, excited to see what blooms. I yeah, absolutely. I think 2020. I I don't know if you guys in the in the room feel this. But I feel like 2020 has already been three years long. It just it hasn't stopped. <laughs> I don't, it yeah. never stopped. Yeah. You, you, Maybe you, that was the time when time stopped, stopped still at the middle of the figure eight. Well, you don't believe. You, you, there's a lot of things you don't believe are real. I'll tell you one, one <laughs> a couple of things I don't believe are real. 2021 and 2022. I think it's all been 2020. But it, it, so I ju- feel that to, actually. To yeah. summarize what you're saying, I guess to 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 just uh, chime in and and help. Uh, Put a bow on this. Yes, personal journeys are going to be very important for a lot of people, and hopefully, along the way, we can find that 100th monkey, and we can uh, reach that critical mass. It's always going to be about individuals and uh, and and what they do to be able to bring themselves to a ascend to new levels of consciousness. But along the way, we got to find that hundredth monkey. And I uh, I really appreciate the time that you'd spent with us tonight, Human Vibration, HV. This was great. Thank yeah. you so much. No, I really appreciate it. It was, yeah. it was great and to introduce you to fun. my friends. Yeah. yeah. It was a great I mean, meeting. Looks you. like you guys have a fun night. You said hookah party. That's, I mean, Absolutely. that's a vibe. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a hookah party that vibe. That's a vibe. Saturday hookah party. That sounds. That sounds like a dream. Well, so, you so guys have fun. So what do you? So uh, before we go, uh, let everybody know where they can. Like, do you have a uh, a main website? Yes. Do you have a broadcast um, schedule? What do you do? Yeah, I share my thoughts regularly on. Uh, my podcast most most often now realize radio um there's there's about eight episodes um that you can get on all major platforms just realize radio all major platforms um and then we do ongoing content on patreon so if you you can kind of check out what we've got out there with spotify on on apple and just realize radio we've got uh and it's just more of that so um if you like those episodes i um i invite you to listen to more of what and i'm i co-host it with um Kind of my partner in crime. His name's Rambo. Rambo, <laughs> Rambo Seek the Truth 101 on Twitter. He really goes in. One of my fascinations is Hollywood, SFX and fakery and magic and CGI. We, I mean, the, how do they do this? How do they do the trickery? How do they do the fakery? You, you, he you goes a fan hard of, on you, that. Is he, a, is he a fan of Jordan Maxwell? Because that's the that's the that's the OG to to study if you're talking about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of that exploration of the of the people that were here before us, of because we're we're absolutely not the first people to to study this type of thing. So yeah, Jordan Maxwell as a as a as an old OG in this in this truther space. Um, but but as, I don't really know if Jordan Maxwell really went on like silicone masks and stuff, you know. And that's what Rambo Rambo oh. really goes. He goes really into the practical applications, the old Hollywood magic. And then some of the special effects and some of the, um, and then also like some of the occultism, like the, the overarching like symbolism and everything that's baked into all these things. That's really important. And I think that might be more in Jordan Maxwell's like esoteric realm, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, I think that there is something about how we are, you know, Disney owns our lives in so many ways, like how we understand the world to be, even our whole comprehension of space, and that starts young, and the whole programming starts young. So, okay, hu- so Realize Radio is where I kind of dump all my stuff, but also Human Vibration on Instagram, or Human Vibration underscore Insta on Instagram, and then Twitter is at Human Vibration, and that's where you can find a lot of my... My JonBenet thread is pinned to my Twitter, and that, if you are curious why I think the way that I do, you can dive in there well i i appreciate everything and yeah and it is Thank as so easy much. ladies and gentlemen on uh, on twitter and in, and instagram just search human vibration she pops up hv thank you for the time tonight it was great to meet you finally 
It was wonderful to meet you too. You guys have a have a have a great night. It was great talk, great chat. You too. Have Enjoy the one. rest of your weekend, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I certainly will. All right. Be well. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's HV Human Vibration. So uh, we're gonna take some we're take some calls. Lot to unpack there. Lot to unpack. And uh, and yeah, I, I I guess I guess I I was thinking more so paint when it came to when it came to uh, pink. So I I have never I I don't know I've never observed colors through 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 frequency of light before. I mean we've done the whole prism thing. You see it. I can I can oh, do, yeah, yeah, use yeah. a spray bottle of water outside and see it. A see a, a little rainbow there. I I make little rainbows for Aurora, but. Um, 1052. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take your calls, your super chats. Uh, I, I wonder if... Oh, yep. I was just going to say, I wonder if Albert Frederick is sitting in the Discord, and there he is. There he is. So we'll get to him and everybody else. If you have an opinion, if you just have thoughts in general, we're going to do about recurring dreams. I have a hilarious but true piece of history from Mickey Mantle that we have got to talk about. And I, I don't know, I have, I have some more things from our practice track with Anthony talking to the crowd. And, uh, and who the hell knows? All right, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Oh, Renfield, good of you to come. Yes, Chef, how are we feeling today? Normal, perfectly normal. Excellent, excellent, yes. excellent. Oh, hungry? Famished. Help yourself. Yes, such a bounty. Yes. I was just telling Mom. What was that? Huh? You just grabbed something from the table. I did not. Yes, you did. I saw you. You, you, you put it in your mouth. I, I think it was an insect. Oh, that was a raspberry. Raspberry? We're not serving raspberries. But it must have been a raisin. Yes, it fell off the muffin. Ah, seems to be one missing. It's missing. <laughs> it's not funny. Oh, Only raisin. extraordinary. How silly of me. Must have been my imagination. There, so you did it again. Huh? You, you, you just put a bug in your mouth. I, I, I think it was a spider. I did not. Yes, you did. 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 I did not. I tell you, I saw you snatch a spider right out of the air and eat it. A spider? How absurd. Huh. What? Oh. Got my fork. Dropped it. You flung it. What's the matter with you? I don't know. Mr. Renfield, I'll ask you. What are you doing down there? What? What are you? Fork found! This is most unseemly. I don't think I can... Sorry for the delay. My God, man. You're eating insects right from the ground. What makes you say that? Because I can see one trying to get out of your mouth. What makes you say that? Mouth? Yes, out of your mouth. You're all very own mouth. It's wriggling about. Oh, ridiculous wriggling. I'm not ridiculous at all. It's wriggling all over the place. Poor thing. It's fighting for its life. I don't know what you're talking about. If you insist on ranting like this, I'm going to leave. Me ranting? You're the ranter. Hello, little darling. Don't be afraid. Oh. Oh, it's cracking. I won't hurt you. All I want is your life. everyone <laughs> master yoda here and when the day is done i like to watch quite frankly <laughs> once you start watching quite frankly forever will it dominate your destiny consume you it will like the gallon of milk i just drank <laughs> <laughs> 
One thing I will listen. The one that I, I've already seen some people say you've got to get the Zells on. I am not, listen. I, I I'm not going to entertain the. That'd be up to them. If if I don't I don't think I think they would they would consider that a. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think that they would they would they would even touch that. And I'm telling you, that's one. That's a jumping off point. That's one thing, and it's a major thing. So who knows? Um, who knows? Everybody's on a uh, everybody's on a journey. When it comes to what's real, what's not, obviously, as a planet, in one way or another, especially in the United States, it has been trauma-based mind control over and over and over again. And when you can confirm, when you can confirm that we have been lied to in very significant and damaging ways over and over, then it could make you jaded about everything. You can start seeing things that are not real. And... Um, and uh, that that are, and vice versa, obviously. But that is, um, I, I do think that there is a lot there that needs to be needs to be discuss- discussed about John Benet Ramsey. But it's it's about what the bigger picture actually is. And um, as far as as far as the Jeffrey Epstein being completely CGI and not existing, I don't. Uh, hey, it's up to you guys and gals. What did you think? <clears throat> But, uh, Mike, how did you enjoy yourself tonight? Have you ever seen the color pink through a prism? Uh, yes, I have, and I've believed in pink my whole life. <laughs> and I believe it's real, and uh, everybody's pink. <laughs> I'm blue. <laughs> oh, well, we do this Interesting for... conversation with the lady, but... I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I just have different views on it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have more logical views. I, 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 guess, we, I, guess, I, I guess we just have this... You know, one day, know. one day we, I guess we're all going to know the truth one day. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Probably not. Let's bring, let's bring in a, in a caller. Uh, Albert Frederick, what, what do you think, my man? Albert? And we're going to start taking some calls. 914-595-6953. Albert, you there? Three, two, one. All right, we'll check in with him a little bit later. Done. 914-595-6953. We'll go into the super chats as well to see if anybody has I you know, I you know I could have asked her about could have asked her about this. Oh whoops. I could have asked her about this. NASA reveals where it wants the next bit of Americans. 
to land on the moon. There are 13 possible regions on the South Pole of the moon that they're going to land Americans within the next couple of years, apparently. To live or just? Then to, to go there. Wow. See, look, the, the first human's mission to land on the moon in some 50 years now is scheduled for as early as 2025. So if all goes well, we should be able to at least be around to observe one production or another and uh, either have a laugh or have a gasp. Tim from California, what do you th- what's going on through your mind? Hey, man. Well, hey, good evening to you, Andrew, and the other gentleman in the uh, studio. Yes. Uh, An- Anthony. Well, good evening. Yeah, everything. Anthony. Yes. Anthony, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, he could be Andrew tonight if you want. Yeah, that was a very... I'm sorry. No, go go right ahead. How how have you enjoyed yourself so far? Oh, it's been really good. I like uh, I like it when you guys get together like this. I like seeing your brother with you, and it's incredible. If you just put a mustache and some hair and a goatee on, you guys would be like, are you twins? No, no, no. We're, we're separated wow. by two years. Oh, okay. Well, well. Anyway, the evening was great. The, the the it was a very interesting conversation. I, I kind of side with you guys a little bit on the, a couple of other things. She she was. Interesting caller. I mean, she had some really good points, interesting points of view. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm more of a frequency kind of guy than a color kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, um, anyway, I, I just wanted to call to say hi. And, uh, yeah, and I was blown away that you guys are going to be on tonight and really enjoyed it. Hey, you know, I'm glad that we get, got to do it. Uh, I mean, life, our personal lives have not gotten any, uh, any um, simpler. Uh, but... That that's the big reason why we had no Saturday night discussions on in July. So I wanted to do August. So we're, we had the, the Thursday night off, and now here we are. And uh, I have vacation coming up. So I wanted to make sure we enjoyed ourselves. I have great things planned, Tim, and I hope that you're excited for it too. Thanks for the call um, uh, for September. Uh, actually, September 10th is the next time that we're going to be live on a Saturday night. I hope you guys are here for it, Mike and Ant, because you're going to love this one. I'll be in Vermont. Oh, that's right. Well, oh, I actually have an engagement party. <laughs> okay, well then, I'll be alone on September 10th, but we have Andrew Basiago coming on the show, and he, he is a very well-known Project Pegasus whistleblower type people that's that's another person who people he's he's either telling 100% the truth there is no two ways there is no middle ground with him he's telling the truth or he's crazy and i have just really enjoyed all of his interviews whether they be on coast to coast or anywhere else that he has been part of government sponsored projects in time travel and time observation has uh, has been able to go and visit visit historical events like the Gettysburg Address. So September 10th will be will be a fun time, a Saturday night for all of us to sit back and listen to something you may not have thought you'd ever give some time to, but it's going to be great. We have, uh, and uh, I don't know what else I'll be able to, may, I might even do some extra Saturday night shows because I we have new friends we want to bring in here to hang out with you guys. Uh, I'm so, I'm, I'm uh, sad that Nick couldn't be here tonight. But uh, we'll work that out in in October when we start getting a little bit more spooky. I know that on October fifteenth, it's a Saturday night. We're having our father in, and we're just we're going to watch the the horror film that he was in. Well, one of them that he was in that was released around nineteen eighty six or eighty five. Spookies. We're just going to watch the the film. That's going to be on. That may just be on um, on everything but YouTube. 
But that's going to be a fun night too. October fifteenth, you put that in your little your little uh, planners. I'll I'll be telling you, no doubt about it. But that's where we're going. A lot of different things like that. Having some good times, good fun. All right, let's take another call. Uh, I'll try one more time with Albert. Albert, you there? Three, two, done. Okay, Albert's just he's just. Oh wait, here he is. He's calling in. What's going on, man? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know what's going on with the with the Discord tonight, dude. But I'm digging it. Okay. A anything in particular? I gotta, I, I, yeah, I got a couple. I got. I had to write some shit down, dude. Okay. Well, you know. Only, only gay guys get monkeypox. I've been listening to you say this for like three weeks, and it's like people still don't get it. It's like WTF. Uh, wait, Bisexual you, guys have anal sex with chicks too. You know, it's like it's like almost like they're just mocking people just in general. You know what I'm saying? So what do you think? So what do you and, think about well, that in particular? Because I've asked that question a number of times. Why do you think it's so exclusive? It's not. Okay. It's, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit, dude. It's it's like fucking Ruth Bader Ginsburg, whatever her name was. You know. She died a long time before. It's just the way it is. They're fucking with people's only gay guys get it. Only gay guys get it. Are you fucking kidding me? This, this, how, how retarded is it? It's like you can have anal sex. A bisexual guy can have anal sex with a with a chick, but she's not going to get it because she's not gay. I mean, doesn't that that makes total sense, right? Well, that's that's not that's not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, there there have been women out there who have it. Um, so it's not like it has not gone outside the bounds of the the male sex. <laughs> right. Okay. We just have to remember a couple things, you know. We got to remember Bill Hicks. It's just a ride. And that chick that was on tonight. <clears throat> that chick that was on tonight. That's just her opinion, and I mean honestly, that's real to her. So, I mean, it's all perspective, right? I mean, you can't have a back without a front. I mean, what did you want? Did you want it to be serious? Oh, I, honestly? I, I, I don't know what I wanted. I just, I just, I was looking for... Uh, oh, I took it, her seriously. I was, I'm looking for, <laughs> I was looking for an interesting conversation. I love the Anthony's uh, comment about Shrek. Um, I'm sorry. I'm starting to wonder. Well, Anthony said he, he was like, "I want it to be serious." I'm, I'm just talking about life. I mean, did you did you want it to be serious? It, it, it's no. just a joke, you know. It's it's just a ride. So you know, I think that the, I think that that chick was like totally, you know, going down her road and you know, chilling. You know, uh, I I'm not there with her, but I mean, it's all perspective, isn't it? It's you know, like that makes a lot of sense to me. Flat Earth is it, it? It's all perspective, isn't it? I guess so. And we we really don't know what's going on. Well, well, here, well, here, you know? here's here's my problem though. Here's my and here's and Go obviously ahead. some things are more trivial than others. Um, some things are more trivial than others, but but what what happens and what's the cause oh. of so many perspectives on? what used to be foundational things being fractured and not having uh, a, a lot of uh, common ground 
with a vast number of people? What happens when a lot of people have such varied ways of seeing everything? And I know it's always been that way. I mean, we have cultural differences. It doesn't matter what era. It can be pre-technology uh, that we no, have now. I, 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 dis, I, dis, I, I disagree with it's always been that way and, and whatnot. I think that the, the, the media... You know, the Mockingbird media has a lot to do with that. And, you know, we have so many drugs prescribed. We're, we, United States takes so many drugs. I mean, so you've got all these drugs. You've got the, you've got the corporate media. And, you know, as far as perspectives going out of whack and, and whatnot, you know, you got to remember, Frank, I mean, you're always showing all these old movies and stuff like that. And the reality is, is... You know, there used to be a lot more continuity between stuff, but now it's just drugs and, and the media is is way balls deeper into stuff that w- that's going on right now. So, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, we, you know, it used to be a lot more of like me talking to you, you know, next door or whatnot. And there's so not that anymore. I mean, we're, we're dealing with fucking furries and you know, shit like that. But that, but, but that's, so, exa- and, and, and I, uh, well, you, we're almost at five minutes. I want to take a couple more calls. So uh, I'm going to ask you just to, to put a conclusion on it. And then I want to talk, I want to make some comments about that in particular. Is that the, the biggest point you want to make? Yeah, but, you know, and, and I think the, the, the big thing is, is just to remember, you know, it's just a ride, dude. It's just a ride. So enjoy it, you know. Um, we've got a lot going on. We, we really do. We've got a lot going on. But in the end, you know, we're going to die. And um, what are you going to leave behind? Oh, yes. I guess is. Yes, no, I, I, I get, I get you there. I, guess, I get you. I get you. What, what are we going to do while we're here, and how, how are we going to enjoy ourselves, but what are we going to take away, and what are we going to leave behind? I, I appreciate the call. My question was primarily this, and I guess I'll just open it up to everybody else for whatever time that we're on. It's uh, 10 after 11. We, we, you know, we'll go to, you know, if things are really rolling, we'll go to midnight. But still, my question is this. A time 100 years ago, or even 75 years ago, we know media, education, the pictures that are painted, the stories, the, the history that's co- taught in school, it's all very centralized. I, that in itself is not necessarily a good thing, uh, depending on who is controlling one thing or another and what, what views are being centralized and, and, and what's being ignored and what's being forbidden. But on the other hand, we're, we're going into an age of, of polar opposites now. Age of polar opposites where we, we can, where there's so much available to us and people are so disillusioned by the confirmed lies we've been fed about one thing or another that suddenly we find ourselves uh, considering things that may be counterproductive and may put us on a track that keeps us even farther apart than we were in any other time. I mean, it could have the opposite effect. Uh, so so th- that's, that's, that's really, that's what I'm always thinking about at this point. Because everybody's just passing the ball around until the next person. <laughs> what did you say, Mike? What did you Keeping say? the ball rolling. Keeping the ball rolling. come and take over. Yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. next generation. I love that. About the meaning of life. That pronoun, that pronoun they, 
has become such a wow. You know what's funny yeah. about the whole ride thing, though? Like, what's interesting about all this illusion thing? I did have a couple of. Um, uh, it did. It, it dawned on me, and I don't know if this is something that's real or whatever. But one of the things that helps me uh, deal with traffic situations now, when I'm in traffic, uh, is the fact that, like, I I really I I can remove myself from the situation and see it like I'm in the Back to the Future ride. Uh, uh, you know, like this is all not like like it's moving. Like my setting around me is it's it's everything is moving. I'm driving. You know, I'm in the street. I'm in a traffic jam, but I'm really not even here because I mean, anywhere I go, I I can I'm just as capable. Uh, if I'm just hanging out here at the studio by myself as I am in a traffic jam because I'm bringing my mind with me. My mind goes with me everywhere. That's why I love so, that. I love that line that Donnie Yen uh, spouts out in in uh, Rogue One. What is that? He says. He says. Uh, what? Is, well, what he says about about prisons. Uh, they were all in the prison on Jeddah, and he made a comment to uh, what? What the hell is his name? I forget. Cassian, and he says. Um, he says there's more than one type of prison, and I feel like you take yours wherever you go. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's what I feel like most of life is like. You know, it's uh, when we're in these uh, these um, inconvenient situations. There, there uh, a lot. I mean, obviously, there are definitely inconvenient situations, but uh, there's a good amount of them that really aren't aren't really what they appear to be. You want to reel in here as far as perspective goes, and I we were talking about color tonight too. I got this during break. I want to read it to you guys a little bit. Oh, I don't have Anthony. Where's Where's Anthony? There's Anthony. Let's stack Anthony on top of Mike. Hold on a second. You ready for this, Mike? Guy with long hair on oh, oh yeah, a guy with <laughs> long hair on top of Mike. There you go. His hair is actually tickling my language. His hair is tickling your scalp right now. I got this one. This is the first one I I found. So hopefully it, it hits all the points that the the other ones that I'd read in the past does. From grunge.com, the real reason why ancient people didn't see the color blue. One of the most soothing colors is the color blue. Interior designers say that if you want a more relaxing space, you should paint it blue. But if you, li if you lived during ancient times, you might not have had the chance to even choose that color. Scientists have found that the color blue didn't exist for ancient peoples, particularly the Greeks. Goddamn Greeks. Ah, the Greeks. In ancient Greek texts... Like those attributed to Homer, there was no mention of the word blue at all, explained Radiolab. There are several references to the color red, but no blue, not even when talking about the sea or the sky. It turns out blue is a relatively recent phenomenon. Business Insider reported uh, researchers learned of this when one scholar, William Gladstone, who was later became a prime minister of the UK, realized Homer used strange colors to describe certain things. For example, iron and sheep are described as violet and while honey is oh whoa, so sheep are violet and while honey is green black and white appeared several uh, hundreds of times but other colors red yellow and green were rare and blue none at all gladstone decided to look at other greek texts to test out his theory and the same result he theorized the greeks were colorblind 
He believed that they only saw black and white and maybe a tiny bit of red. He thought the Greeks had trouble seeing colors they didn't know, so the next generation tried harder to see it. Other people disagreed with Gladstone. As Radiolab said, he was mocked by colleagues. Another researcher, Lazarus Geiger, Geiger counter, <laughs> He's the guy that invented Geiger counter. He, invited, yeah. he invented Geiger counters. <laughs> uh, wanted to know if other cultures failed to mention blue. Looking through Hindu, Chinese, Arabic, and Hebrew texts, Geiger found blue didn't f- figure in any of these writings either. It's not as if these other cultures did not write about color. They used uh, they never they just never used blue to describe anything. But one ancient civilization did. Science Alert wrote the ancient Egyptians. See the Egyptians. They just trumped everybody. Knew about blue because they're probably they are they were the, the surviving members of Atlantis. You guys know that one. Yeah. The Egyptians, after all, were the only people who successfully created a blue dye. They also used color in their makeup. Geiger learned that there was a pattern to how cultures. <laughs> Why Geiger? Uh, pattern to how cultures started naming colors. First, they would identify black and white, or darkness and light. They moved on to name colors for blood and wine, said Ancient Origins. This is followed by yellow and then green. The last color-related word to enter most ancient vocabularies was blue. These days, of course, we think of blue as an extremely essential color. It's one of the primary colors, and it's one of the many colors in the rainbow. My question is, what the hell did they see when they looked up to the sky? They saw blue, but they just didn't have a word for it. Why not? Make a fucking word for it. Who the hell knows? These stupid, these stupid people, huh? Maybe they saw pink. These. Who the hell knows? They can build. They, this they can, stuff is pointless. <laughs> you like sad can, stories? You want to hear mine? My but father ma- never came out of his room. <laughs> My father didn't come out of his room for seven years. <laughs> he used to smack me on the head. Oh, on that, th- on that note, it's unfortunate. What? Jack Nicholson, his health is there, but his mind is completely gone. What do you mean? Where'd you see Jack Nicholson? Uh, yesterday I had wine with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I read an article. Like f- <laughs> I had wine. Mike, with, yeah, I had, I had Mike, a glass of wine with him. Mike, will you come by and have wine with me? Wait, Jack, I don't even know your name. <laughs> Mike, I tell yeah, you, Mike. Come. Yeah, I read an article that his uh, his family members are saying his health is there, but he's mentally like he's mentally like gone. Jeez, so, it's unfortunate. What? Like, Full of the cuckoo's nest. Whole bunch of good movies. Well, you know, you know, I. It's funny. Wait, there's one more. There's yeah, one no, more. Sorry. One more section. Okay. Blue is green. Green is blue. That's bullshit. The Himba tribe of uh, Nami, uh, Na- I don't care what this tribe Namibia says. They don't know anything. Didn't have a word for green. This this tried this tribe Tri- tribe from Himba. The Himba tribe, they did not have a word for green and did not distinguish blue from green. In 2006, researcher Jules da- Davidoff launched a project to test if they could see blue. Members of the tribe were so- shown a circle made of different squares. Each square showed a shade of green, with one being a blue square. They were asked to pick out the color that was not like the rest. To others, it wouldn't be hard to paint uh, hard to, to point to the blue square, but for the tribe, it took longer. It appeared that they even considered blue square as green because some people chose a different square as the odd one out. The test showed that not only did the Himba tribe have a name for all the shades of green, but that they considered blue as green because they had no name for it. This, this, almost, this, is, this is almost like that story that I read about some of the... Um, the the uh, the natives over here on 
was it the natives here in like the, the the western hemisphere when european explorers were showing up on their shores for the first time that that some of the first natives on the shores that were that were out there oh this is that from the secret the secret no. Right? Wasn't that in the secret? This wasn't in the secret. <laughs> <laughs> was this? I think. Uh, yeah, I think that part. Christopher was. Columbus, right? Yeah. yeah. The, you know, they didn't. They, uh, they didn't see was. the. They didn't see the ships until somebody called it to, the, to reality, right? Well, it was. It was more so that they saw disturbances in the water. Often, this is what I read. Okay. And I don't remember this. I, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen The Secret. <laughs> we should know. watch The Secret. <laughs> you want to watch The Secret movie. on... We should watch The Secret for a Saturday night one we night. We should. The Secret is good. We should because That's it's ridiculous. Funny. We should just watch the Bob the Bob Watson uh, parts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bob Proctor? Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor. Games afoot. He was a Yankee. Bob Watson uh, was like a, a Yankee front office we guy. We should watch the Bob games. Ross parts. Like Bob Ross was in The Secret. He was already dead by like 30 years. <laughs> Bob Ross. My gosh. Uh, I'll tell you. Nobody knows what electricity is. But I'll tell you one thing. You can cook a man's dinner with electricity. And you can also cook the man. <laughs> yeah. that's it, right. Well, that's true. I mean, that is uh, true. I mean, well, there's definitely some true things in there. Well, to, to finish the story about the natives... The, the the legend goes that they saw disturbances in the water where they had dropped anchor. They saw the water lapping up against something, but they couldn't conceive of the ships because the fog was too dense. They couldn't they they couldn't conceive of what ships were. Probably for the same reason why we look up into the sky, we wouldn't be able to really see any kind of a uh, an alien craft or some kind of a secret space project that is that is that is working us over like right. a cheap whore. You know, you just you know. I use this guy's a real jerk. <laughs> it's 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 funny because I you know I used to think about all this stuff and then like I it dawned on me while that girl was talking that I'm like wow I haven't thought about this stuff in a long time because I realized that for a while you know and we used to talk about this stuff all the time had big existential crisis and. It was just like, you know, what the hell is going on? Like, I was like, I want to know, like, the meaning of life. And, and that, because like, we're just, like, floating in outer space in our, in our heads. And then in the past year and a half, I've been taking a different journey. I've been going inside. I've been going inward. Mm. So it's like, uh, it's different. It's weird. Like, I almost, I've let go a lot of a lot of this stuff. Because it doesn't, because I, I know that I will never grasp any of this stuff and it, I don't think it's meant for us to grasp and I can't I mean there's a lot of stuff that we won't grasp about ourselves either but at least we can kind of like comb through some things and you know get ourselves in working order so that we can we can be the best that we could be yeah <laughs> that, that's cheers, hey, cheers we, can, we can reach our full potential as human cheers beings hey cheers everybody <laughs> cheers cheers to pink Hey, you, you got Anthony. You got to you got a toast here. Pick up the light. If you touch the top, you can change the color. Hey, cheers, everybody. Oh, cheers. Metal. Cheers to pink. That's how. I don't even it comes up right, does it? Oh, it does. Nah, I'm using just the white. You guys have the purple what, there. Yeah. What color? Uh, oh, this is purple. Pink. Hold on. What is this? Is I don't know. You're colorblind. You can't see it. <laughs> this is this is this purple. You got purple. We all have purple, right? No, no. This is green. Oh, whoa, whoa it's changing. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, one more time. I know these things did that. Okay. Well, never mind. These things are tricky sometimes, you know. Okay, let's take a couple more calls, shall we? Let's take a call. 504, you're on the air. What's going on, 504? Hey, ladies. I just wanted to touch base. I rarely ever get to catch you live. 
and I happened to finish Friday's show and was able to try to call in and saw y'all were live and well, just here wanted we... to say thanks for all you do. Thank you. And I uh, and the group that you get together to put on your show, Anthony and Rob and everybody else, all the guests you have. And the way you had said, I guess it might have been on last night's show, that it was like being in the eye of a hurricane with all of the bullshit going on around us. And uh, that was a good way to put it. And uh, just try not to let all the bullshit get absorbed and be like a duck and let all the bullshit run off your back like water. I really appreciate your call. And And what's your name? Um, my name's Kelly. Okay, Ke- Kelly, you have a nickname, so I can put Kelly something. In. I, I want to store you, so I know it's you next time. Well, I've contacted you before. I'm usually Miss Maniac, 666, but okay. I've had a revelation recently. and uh, Kelly Maniac. I'm changed, no, I've changed my name to Miss Miracle now. Kelly, okay, hold on. Let me take the ma- maniac out, and now I'll put miracle. Kelly, miracle. I, I, Kelly, thank you so much for the call. I'm glad that that's your experience, and um, I meant every word of that. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thanks again. I um, meant every word of that with the the hurricane thing. I believe that shows like this, and wherever you find it, it is imperative that everybody, uh, lest you waste your life on the constant flow that gets ever faster and more rapid of information that keeps you bogged down, that keeps your energy tuned in for somebody else's purposes. We need to be able to find a nice little place of peace inside of the eye of a hurricane. You know, you have that eye where you you see the hurricane on all sides of you, 360 degrees, but there is a couple of mile stretch of this little tiny patch of land that is untouched, it is sunny, and is uh, it's actually uh, quite brilliant, and I, th- I think that's where we need to set up camp, and just um, and make sure that we enjoy our time. We have to do that. Let's take a call from Kitty Kitty Meow. Kitty. Hey. Hey, how you doing? So, what's on your mind tonight? Frank, it's Kitty. Yes, yes, Kitty. Ki- yes, hello, Kitty. I'll, Go ahead. I'm trying to mute my mic. Sorry. Um, anyway, it's been forever, and I just happened to catch a show tonight, and I'm so glad I did, to tune in to such, like, mind-bending topics, classic Frank, um, was just what the doctor ordered, and anyway, it's been a minute, haven't spoken to you, you know, the whole last couple of years have been a little bit crazy and sad, but um, good to hear your voice. I was caught you live in a while, so well, Kitty, hey. Kitty, it's great to hear from you again, and I'm glad that I'm. I'm glad that this is uh, this is what we can deliver on a Saturday night. I knew that we can do something interesting with this, and I knew that it was going to to branch out into all different different uh, all different directions and. It's great to hear your voice, and I'm I'm glad that you're still with us. So, um, have yourself a good evening, and thanks for the call. All right, you too. And be and keep in touch. It's always great hearing from you. 
Absolutely. All right. Love to all of you. All right. Take care. Take, Take care. care. Take care. All right. <clears throat> so now, listen, I have a little something I want to do with you all. And then we'll take some more calls. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's 1130, so we're coming up on the end. I have this thing from the Yankees about Mickey Mantle. Now, this gets, ladies and gentlemen, it's a Saturday night. It's 1130. The children, uh, the children should be in bed by now. So you're here. Uh, we're going to, this is going to get a little crude, but it's hilarious, and it's 100% real. Now, baseball history nut. Baseball history nut. It's a, a Twitter account that I follow. Put this out. This is from 1973. The Yankees asked Mickey Mantle to write down an event that stands out to him from his playing days at Yankee Stadium. This is around the time that they were doing, I think, 50 years of the stadium being around. It opened up in 1923. So in 1973, they wanted to be able to whatever. Now, actually, in 1973, I think, was the last time that Mickey Mantle hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. Wow. He showed up for old, old-timers day, and he was batting from the right side of the plate, and he just put it over the left field wall. I've seen, that, I've seen the, the, the rerun a couple of times. So it was probably around that time. Now, obviously, Mickey Mantle had, was, is a very tragic figure because whereas he was, um, he was immensely talented, he, was, he came from a, a pretty bad background, and uh, he had a shitty father and all that stuff, and he became an alcoholic, and alcohol really just destroyed his career. I mean, it could have been so much. For everything he did, it could have been so much better. It just broke him down physically, and he just had a lot of bad personal habits, and it's a real sad story, but, but still, this is... This is hilarious, and I don't know if he was drunk when he wrote this, but this is this this is hilarious. And uh, here it is. They this is the, the letter that they wrote to him. This is in 19, 1973. This New York Yankees letterhead, dear Mickey. As you probably know, 1973 marks the 50th anniversary of Yankee Stadium. We are going to have a season-long golden anniversary celebration. We hope to mark the occasion on our Old Timers Day, Saturday, August 11th, as well as on individual dates during the season. We thought it would be interesting to learn from you what you consider your outstanding event your outstanding event at Yankee Stadium. In many cases, the answer is obvious, uh, but since we are writing a large number of your former teammates, we are asking you to answer this question for us. 1973 will be the final season at Yankee Stadium. We know it as we know it. We'll be located at Shea in 1974 and 75, while Yankee Stadium is completely rebuilt to open in 76. Thanks for your cooperation. We're looking forward to seeing you in, 1970, uh, in the 73 and uh, wishing you a happy holiday season. Yours truly, uh, who's that, Bob Fischel. All right, so that is from the Business and Ticket Office in 1973. Here is is the story. Now, this is Mickey Mantle. He's won multiple World Series, triple crown winner. He's, He's done things that some people could only dream of doing in the sport. And this is what he wrote. December 14, 1972, in his handwriting... Hold on, I'm going to get this out of the wheel. Uh, let me get the... Um, get, uh, boom. In his handwriting, he says this. I got a blowjob under the right field bleachers by the Yankee bullpen. Uh, and then he goes on to give this event cr- occurred on or about blah, blah, blah. Give us as much details as you can. Here's the details he gave. <laughs> it was about the third or fourth inning I had... Bl- <laughs> they, 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 asked, well, they asked for the details? They asked for it. 
Uh, it says they, right they were like, there, give us the details." He says, "Give it, well." It says right there in the in the uh, in the, the form. This is just a a regular form. <laughs> oh, it oh. was about the third or fourth inning. I thought they requested after he said that he got the blow. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not like we want to hear more, Mickey. We want to hear. More. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, you mentioned something about a blowjob. <laughs> could you please? Could yeah. you tell us more? Yeah. Could you? Could you tell us more, please? <laughs> Can you please tell us a little bit more about that? Go, go into deep detail, please. Here's the detail that he uh, he attached to the same form. He says it was about the third or fourth inning. <laughs> I can't even read this. I can't even read this. It was about the third or fourth inning. I had pulled. Uh, I had a pulled groin and couldn't fuck at the time. Uh, she was a very nice girl and asked me what to do with the uh, with the load. <laughs> what to do with the load after I uh, after I uh, finished in her mouth? I said, "This is the last thing he said." He said, "I, I said, don't ask me. I'm no cocksucker." <laughs> <laughs> I'm no cocksucker. Signed, Mickey Mantle. I cannot believe. I can't now. I. <laughs> That's actually awesome. I uh, I sent this to my buddy Brian. I sent this to my buddy Brian. He's a big uh, a Yankee fan, too. And he wrote back to me. He said, I can just hear John Sterling's voice reading that last line slowly and clearly to close out the Mickey Mantle Yankeeography. And I just couldn't take it. So uh, what I'm going to try to do is I got, I went and I looked out for some um, documentary music, uh, music from documentaries, best documentary background music. It's like, it's like free, free music. I'm going to read this. As like John Sterling or somebody doing an official Yankee Yankee biography on, on Mickey Mantle. So let's see if this works. And in 1973, marking the 50th anniversary of Yankee Stadium, the Yankees reached out to Mickey Mantle to ask him what were some of the best or the best memory you have of the stadium and to provide details if you can. The mix said this. I got a blowjob. I'm just... <laughs> no, you've got it. You're all, you really... You I, really... I gotta, you I'm, can't lie. I can't, I'm going to try this. It's going to be very bad, especially the last part. It's going to be very bad. And the mix said this. I got a blowjob under the right field bleachers by the Yankee bullpen. It was about the third or fourth inning. I had a pulled groin and couldn't fuck at the time. She was a very nice girl and asked me what to do with the load after I came in her mouth. I said, don't ask me. I'm no cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got through that. Oh my god. <laughs> god. It just reminds me of something out of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the new Mickey Mail Yankeeography. The the best thing are some of the some of the um the comments. Some of the comments underneath because he said he said he he got this act performed on him by the Yankee bullpen. People in the comments were saying um where the hell was it? They had to clarify. No, no, no. This meant he was he was getting it near the Yankee bullpen. It wasn't that every member of the bullpen was blowing him. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, all the relief pitchers were just lining up. That's what it sounded like to some people. And, and um, Man, well, that's just uh, that's a, that's a story for a Saturday night. We know that all the all everybody else is sleeping, and this is just for us. 
No, well, now, now I want to see the the brawl from uh, Graham Lloyd coming out. I've got that brawl sta- saved on this computer. Do you really? I have that brawl saved. <laughs> I love that brawl. This is from, I think, May of 1997. Well, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. This is May of 98. Come here, Mike. Come here, Mike. Yankees. Come here, Mike. Orioles. Brawl. Um, 98. Let's see. This is May of 98. Yeah, that it just looks like such a fun brawl. I wish I, I, I want to be involved in it. Okay. Okay, so Benitez is about to hit Tino right between the letters to make up for a home run. Ready? This is probably going to get us kicked off of YouTube. I'll put there, there. Where's Anthony? There's, oh, no. Where's Anthony? Uh, there he is. Let me put Anthony down here. And Mike is just going to have to be off screen for now. So so uh, Tino's going to get plunked. This is 1998. Oh, that's going to call. Yeah, he's gone. So now Daryl Strawberry is the big one. Oh, yeah. I would want Daryl Strawberry fighting fighting by my side in a, in a, in a brawl for sure. Cheap shot. Oh, is, they they oh, won this year. There right? there oh, 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 wait, there's Graham. And here comes the bullpens. There's Graham Lloyd. <laughs> Scott Broach just kind of like pulls up. Now they're going down into the bullpens there. Now hold on a second. I've got to find. The when mo- was the last good brawl? I don't know. But i got to find the money shot of Daryl. Daryl Straw, he, he wanted to get Benitez so bad that he just kind of hung back and he snuck around the crowd. Oh, yeah, that's He right. snuck around, and then we get, there's Joe Torre <laughs> weighing down on Daryl. So you got to stop. Hold on, wait a second. This is, this is a great one. Wait. He's, he was a man. Let's see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? No. Yeah, he, 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 he did like a flying punch. Yeah, it's coming. I think it's toward the end. What the hell is it? All I want to see is the punch. Yeah, I don't even see it. Right? Oh, 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 there, there it is. is. There it is. There we go. Okay, so there's the man in question right there. And uh, not to be, uh, not to be outdone, Daryl's gonna get his revenge. Count that. It was the best shot. It was the best shot about the whole thing. He came down full weight, and they all went down together. And that was that was some of the best times in childhood. So the best times. Old baseball. Old. The old sport, as they called it. <laughs> all right, let's go into our super chats. Let's make sure these are clean, and we are done for the night. I really appreciated this episode with everybody. Had a good time. All right, first one up, let's see. First one up is fiscally conservative, socially retarded. Says, so the mick got blown by the entire bullpen? <laughs> See, it's all of you. Uh, all at the same time. I wonder what uh, if that included the bullpen catcher and the coach. You never know. It, it, it was the, uh, it seemed like it was the 50s or 60s. It had to be the 60s. Lenny Kinney says, thankful, grateful, and blessed always for fantastic music, humor, overload, wonderful guests, and the warm family vibe. Oh, one love, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. 
Jesse Woke says, if human vibration is still listening when you read this, I would suggest looking into um, additive synthesis versus subtractive synthesis. That might clear up the color thing that she was talking about. Additive synthesis versus subtractive synthesis. I will have to look up that myself. Kitty Kitty Meow says, so much love to you, uh, Frank and family. Thank you, Kitty. Rev Olution says, happy Saturday, Frank. Say, what do you pack in the Saturday, Saturday night hookah since you don't blaze up? Secret nature or just some hookah tobacco um, uh, patties? No, not patties. We, we got the shisha. This is, this, uh, Anthony and I are both, we are both smoking uh, citrus mint tonight. The, the vaporized, the coals on top, it vaporizes the molasses and the citrus mint. And it's a nice, a nice treat because we haven't done this in months. And I, I like I like keeping it as treats now. Um, but yeah, I would never I would never put um, I would never put uh, <laughs> Bud in there. No way, that'd be a waste. Different planet. I, I, I take take one hit and that's it. <laughs> It'd be right. a complete waste. Fat Boy Vince says, "Fun Saturday night stuff." Francis, Mike, and Anthony. Thank you, Vince. Thank and, you. And uh, yeah, let's go into Rumble. Make sure we got everybody. Selling the farm says it was a spitball. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 gross. Oh. Let's see what else do we have um, on Foxhole. You should be live there too. Damn, I didn't have this up the whole time. I would never. Here we go on Foxhole. We have a couple of gold pills in, and then we're done for the evening. I think we did good. Witchy Poo twenty two. Three wonderful blessings from Witchy Poo. Thank you so much, Witchy. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Here's what's going to be the, the deal. I invite you to become a sponsor of the show, monthly sponsor, either through Subscribestar, which I would highly suggest Subscribestar, or directly through QuiteFrankly.tv on the Sponsor Us tab, because tomorrow is Sunday, which means all of the monthly and the, the, uh, the regular patrons and sponsors get to hang out with me for the Sunday stream. It's just a back porch of hanging out and talking to the chat room and, and all that stuff. But remember also, set your reminders tomorrow night, Sunday, 9 o'clock on QuiteFrankly.tv. I will have all of my personally curated um, programming list that is about to go live tomorrow night as I do every Sunday night so if you never know oh what are we watching on Sunday well I put documentaries I put funny stuff I put memes I put late night uh, night owl programming which is all late night um, spooky talk radio and good stuff so the weekend's not over and then Monday will be here before you know it quite frankly we'll be live at seven o'clock with Rich Barris kicking off the week it's gonna be a a short week next Friday I pack the family up in a car and we, we drive away for the following week. But doesn't mean I'll be gone completely. I'll be stopping in on little impromptu live streams on the phone, this and that. And I hope that you guys and gals are enjoying your summer because this has been a great year so far, at least through the show and what we've been <laughs> doing elsewise. Uh, Mike, anything you want to say? Actually, yeah. I have a theory. Yes. Well, that lovely lady was giving... Uh Mickey Mantle, the hangry huffer. Uh, what if she actually snowballed the whole bullpen? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. The end. Could be. You just never know. Girl like that. Theories never lie. No, they don't. But your, theories. But your life will always remember. <laughs> theories never lie. Anthony, anything you got to say? No, that's it. Everyone, great night. Thank great you night. for uh, joining us. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll be back. We'll be back before you know it. We three. We'll have some more fun. We'll make sure that we do... 
something more musical. Uh, I want to do more music talks and, and entertainment, uh, good, good nostalgic entertainment. So we'll yeah, figure just it all let out. it roll. Maybe we could talk about Woodstock '99 the next time we get together, and all the comparing the Woodstocks. Did or you something. see the Did you see the documentary? Not yet. I'm going to get that because I just. I finished. mean, I just look at it for the. Um you know, for the footage and all that stuff. I, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't I didn't know all the details of how badly it was run. Like, how much, like, they screwed that up. The first Woodstock was run poorly as well. I, I, they're, they're, I mean, that's, a, that's an old, uh, famous story about how, aside from the fact that they ran out of things real quick, um, there, there was almost a mass electrocution. They, they, tens of thousands of people were almost mass electrocuted. Because all the power lines they ran underground, and after all the rain and all the foot traffic, the power lines became worn down and exposed. And it, it, there was, it was a very real possibility of there being a mass electrocution out there in, uh, in 1969 in upstate New York. We'll talk about all that sometime, though. Um, it's plenty to say. But thank you, everybody, again. And I'll see, you, I'll see you when I see you, either tomorrow night or Monday. So... Nighty night. Oh <laughs> shit! I should have gotten blue blue shadows up. I didn't do it. It's all right. Next time. Blue. Next time. All right. Wait. Damn it! Why the hell? I, I screwed this one up. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters. And thanks again to Human Vibration for joining us tonight. Fiscally conservative, socially retarded, thank you. Lenny Kinney, thank you. Jesse Woke, Kitty Kitty Meow, Revolution Fat Boy Vince. Everybody for watching and uh, sharing your time with us. We will see you on Monday.